What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Record Lover is supported by Dogs 420, who makes innovative CBD products specifically for your dogs and puppies. Check them out at dogs420.bigcartel.com. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast, episode 159. It's Khalil Wanda here with Highlander Sound. And I'm doing the show solo today, meaning my co-host Agard is not with me on this episode. Busy schedule, you know, he got kind of caught up. Glad to be here once again. Thanks to all the listeners. Big up to everybody listening on Nice Up Radio as well. This week, I'm talking to a fellow podcaster and radio personality. He's been doing a lot of major things in the business, doing a lot of great work in terms of pushing reggae music and doing a lot of really good interviews with veteran artists, up-and-coming artists that you never heard of. He's putting them on your radar, and he continues to do that on a consistent basis. So I wanted to sit down and and bring him in so that we can have a talk here on Reggae Lover. I want to introduce you to none other than G. Cole. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's a pleasure, man, and and an honor. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Give thanks to you as well. Thanks for setting some time aside to talk to the reggae lovers, you know. <laughs> I'm one too, so of it's course. all good. I want to actually start the conversation right there. Self-proclaimed reggae lover, and I know you're a Jamaican, so it's not really a hard thing to imagine that you would love reggae music. Mm-hmm. And I understand you, you're from, from country, no? From Ocherias. I'm a beach town kid. Ocherias. You know? St. Anne's, yep, yep, yep. the Ganja Parish. You don't know. Whenever I think of St. Anne's, you know, I'm a sound man. I automatically think of Bass Odyssey sound system. Ha, <laughs> Bop, bop. And some other small time sounds. Some Tommy Fanick and a whole bunch of other little. But, but when, when we claim Bass Odyssey as our major thing because big entity. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to have one. So give thanks. St. Anne Massive. Bless up. We we got Bob Marley. We got a whole bunch of people. No, let me go down the road there. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, no. Beer. Go, go on down we the got road. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. We got a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. I could keep digging, but you know. Yeah, man. I'm not trying to not trying to play my hand. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but big up the sentence people them. And you know, when we talk about Jamaica, you know, I grew up in Jamaica. In, you know, pretty much the whole decade of the 80s, I was there in mm. Kingston, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't realize just how diverse Jamaica is in terms of music. Because you think reggae. Because reggae is in every reggae is everywhere, all over the world. Yep. Anywhere you go, you yep. find Jamaican people. <laughs> and you find yep, reggae. Yep, yep, <laughs> <laughs> But in Jamaica itself... We're surrounded by, you know, we got a lot of musical influences. So can you talk about your early influences in terms of musically? You know what I mean? Kind of how reggae, yeah. you know, was intertwined in, in your in your upbringing and, and everything like that. Yeah, kind of like you. I, 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 I was born in 78. So, you know, first two years I was just freestyling, baby, on the breast anyway. So I'm not too absorbing anything through my, <laughs> my ears. But once the 80s kicked in two, three years old, and I'm just going based on what they told me. I'm, I, my memory goes back to probably about four years old, three years old. But, you know, from, from my understanding, I've always been grooving to the music. My, my, my father had a nice little record collection, but his record collection probably had maybe one or two reggae stuff in there. Um, and I, I have that all right now because what I did recently he still hasn't got his returns yet, but I told him, I said, listen, 
Give me the record collection. Give me all your vinyl. And I'll put them on digital for you. And I'll give you the digital format. I retain the vinyl. I haven't done that yet, but it's all good. Take the wah and left the wah? I, I took the vinyl. I told him, <laughs> give me the vinyl. I'm going to give you the digital. Because I, I, he's at the point now where you know, he just wants to plug and play. You know what I mean? Okay. So now that I have his collection, it's now that I know this style, like a Marcia Griffiths in there. That's a Marcia mm-hmm. Griffiths. And um, Third World was a CD, but the Marcia Griffiths vinyl, which I got Marcia to sign last time she was here. But nice. I grew up on a lot of R&B, pop, later, late in the 90s, hip hop. But when you're growing up in Jamaica and you listen to the radio, which we did a lot, radio was full of foreign music. It wasn't until Iria FM really came about that you got a constant influx, and that was late 80s, that you got a, a constant influx of reggae or dance hall. If you turn on the radio, you were getting Fame FM, you were getting RJR, you were getting JBC. And um, for the most part, there are times where you get a formatted segment of some reggae music. But... It's mostly top 40 music. You know what I mean? American top 40 music. music. Yeah, you're getting... So that means that you're getting um, a bag of Anita Baker and yep. Michael Jackson and Gladys Knight and Michael George Michael, Michael yep. Bolton. Yeah. Country and Western too. A lot, a lot of country. Record Lover is supported by Dogs 420, who's all about getting your pet some relief from pain, anxiety, arthritis, inflammation, or even if they're older and they're suffering from cancer or discomfort, they have dog treats that give a calming effect. Soothing shampoos that get rid of itching, redness, and dryness, and more. Perfect for dogs with allergies and sensitive stomachs. Dogs 420 users only, all natural ingredients specifically formulated for your dog's body chemistry. And the purest third-party lab-tested non-GMO CBD oils. That's no THC, non-psychoactive. If you want to get free shipping on your first order, just mention Reggae Lover in the notes. And that's dogs420.bigcartel.com. And that's where the musical influences started. I, I, I went to church and I was church choir kind of kid. Okay. And um, as, as I was early into school, so I went to high school very young and, and that's when the arts started kicking, like performing and stuff. So them times I was trying to rap. At those days it was LL Cool J, it was Young MC, it was stuff like that. The, 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 the fun rap, fun hip hop. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I started doing that and then um, started writing songs because I, I, I started writing poetry. Okay. And uh, poetry went well with the, with the teachers. Teachers love when you write poetry. But then the ladies loved the songs. So I started putting melodies to those. And then I started writing songs. Mm. So then that's where songwriting and the whole concept came to be. And, and then my, my brother, my older brother, who called him Bones, um, rest in peace, he was a dancehall guy. So he's the one that actually brought dancehall technically in my household when I was... 10, 11 years old is when he would bring in the Shabba, the bass of the cassettes. Okay. You know what I mean? He was talking cassette now, Stone Love cassettes, you know what I mean? Black cat, all of them, all them cassettes was coming in. And that's where I was getting influences from. Right. And as I, as I got to be, you know, going into my teenage years, then you start going to these little parties and that's when you get the influx of reggae music. So reggae as a, as a strong presence didn't come into me and my life until I was almost a teenager. Okay. Very, very similar experience, so I can totally relate. When reggae started coming in now, talk to us about who you gravitated to, who you heard a lot of. Yeah, take us down the line, down the timeline in terms of that. I, I, I still was, even though I'm listening to reggae music, I'm still a big product of R&B and pop music because that's still what, what I grew up on. So I then, once I started listening to reggae music, I started gravitating to the singers more so than anything else. So I was listening to Gregory Isaacs. I was listening to D. Brown. I was listening to Barry Hammond. I was listening to Sanchez. Um, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby Lawn was in James Avenue. And um, that was probably, I grew up literally in Ocho Rios, Five minutes from the beach. Five minutes from everywhere. Normally people say they're from Ocho Rios. It's not necessarily Ocho Rios. They're from somewhere surrounding. It's like when somebody said they come from Miami, but they're really living for a lot of them. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I was, I was dead in Ocho Rios. So on my way to church and on my way back from church, I would go through James Avenue, um, take my little detour, 
and I'd stop by Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby Lawn. And then there are times when on weekends or Christmas time, holidays, there'd be events there and I'd stop by there. And um, I remember one one night I, I met Gregory Isaacs. Wow. Yeah, man. Liquor youth. I was probably 11 years old. I met Gregory Isaacs at, at Jack Ruby Lawn. And um, I sang for him. And he was like, yo, you, your body name can't sing him. So what's your name? And I said, my name is Gregory. And he said, nah, man. He <laughs> said, me name Gregory. There was somebody there named Gregory. I don't know if Gregory Peck or whomever. But he's like, me name Gregory. Him name Gregory. So you can't name Gregory too. You name G. And that's why from then it's been G Cole since I was a kid. You know okay. what I mean? But I always gravitated toward the singers. I'm a, I'm a big Maxi Priest fan, but my favorite artist all time, across all genres, whatever the case may be, is D Brown. Love me some Dennis Emmanuel Brown. Okay, so you know what I mean? You're a D Brown man. I'm a big D Brown fan. D Brown, it's, 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 it's spiritual to me. Okay. You know what I mean? So then, who, all right, you know, um, the Mount Rushmore, what am I in, <laughs> in America? It's I what? did an episode on that, yeah. You have um, like what, four faces on Mount Rushmore? Yeah. All right, so we get to say you have Dennis Brown on your Mount Rushmore. Yep. Who mm. would be the other three? Oh, man. Dennis Brown is, of course, the first. Um, I got to put Marcia Griffiths on there. Wow. I got to put Barris Hammond on there. Okay. And um, just out of culture and the cause, and it would be sacrilegious for me to not do so, is I'm going to put Bob Marley on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm a huge Bob Marley fan, but I can't say. Here's how I, I judge music. When people always send me music for reviews nowadays and feedback and whatever, I don't judge music by the music anymore in terms of the production, because sometimes you get the best production, not the best song. You get the best song, not the best production. So my judgment right now is, Who's getting my nine ninety nine? You know what I'm saying? If I got my ten bucks in my pocket, and and the CD is ten bucks, who am I buying? Okay. Truth be told, Freddie McGregor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I Freddie'd probably be on the list, and again, like I said, blasphemous as it may sound, before I spent my ten on a bob. Okay. Uh, Garnet Silk would probably get my ten bucks before. That's just as me, because I I love I love those artists, Bob Marley. Bob Marley to me is 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 the vitamin. It's the nutrient. You know, you go to grandma and grandma give you the 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 the, the, the nutritious stuff and the stuff that's gonna keep you till next summer. That's Bob. You know, Bob, but the, the rest greens, of them to eat me. your greens, G Cole. Eat your greens. You know what I mean? Get your, get your kalaloo in and your spinach in or whatever. That's Bob to me. The rest of them, it's much, that's 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 the cookies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's my view. Okay, I never heard it put quite. <laughs> that way before you know what i mean but i respect yeah. it i understand where you're coming from with it you know right i mean yeah you know i i it, i almost feel like you know that that we we almost take bob for granted you know what i'm saying True. i feel like True. us as reggae people as jamaica and you know what i mean like mm-hmm. bob is just like you know the other day i was playing at a festival and i was like you know what i'm not gonna just play bob marley everybody gonna come and play bob marley you know what i mean Mm, so i was like yeah yeah, i'm gonna play some other stuff and leave the bob for you know for the other guys to play you know what i mean it's cliche it's cliche and and, and you know others are gonna and i agree with you because here's the thing all right when my band and i were doing stuff we we were one of the few bands in south florida that's an original band we had albums we're pushing our albums versus most other bands that were cover bands and they're just gigging but I can say this, and again, with the utmost respect to Bob, um, I have never covered a Bob Marley song. You mm. know what I mean? Um, I didn't even cover Barry's songs. Anytime I did a cover, it was either a Maxi Priest, it was a Gregory Isaacs, it was a Dennis Brown, something that the average person is not going to cover. Because if you go to certain events, certain type of um, venues where they want a cover band, then why you get them UB40? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they want you to give them a bag of Bob Marley. If you give them UB40, red, red wine, and you give them uh, Inner Circle Sweat, and, yeah. and, and games people play, and, and, and a half a million bobs, then you're good. Right. But that's just not me. I love Bob Marley and the music. I think I appreciate Bob more now that I'm older Yeah. than then. And then the other thing, too, I think half the reason why people don't really 
claim appreciate the Bob as they should in Jamaica is because it was not really, really supported in Jamaica. You know? Bob, Bob getting bus outside of Jamaica and then now it recirculates. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? True, true. So I think that's the reason why for most people, Bob has a, I think Bob has a deeper place in people's hearts who reside outside of Jamaica than even people inside of Jamaica. They just say it because it's sacrilegious to not say so. It's almost like talking basketball. If you don't say Michael Jordan, then yeah, what are you doing? You know what I'm right. saying? Right, right, right. right Stuff right. like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. A good reason in that, you know, still. You are now based in the States in South Florida, and mm-hmm. I've been watching your podcast because you do both the video and audio. So listening to the podcast and um, right. I've been impressed by what it seems like the guests that you have, just consistent big artists and you know what I mean? Like big names Appreciate in the it. business. Homegrown with G. Cole is the name of the show. Tell us about some of the people that you've had the privilege of, of sitting down with. <laughs> Whenever I get asked that, to be honest with you, sometimes I have to think back or I got to pull up a list. Yeah. But because and, and the reason why when the podcast started it was never supposed to be for artists i started a podcast as uh, and this is when it was just audio okay so I, I started it as the episode one is mental health in the community mental episode mental health in the community where i had a licensed mental health professional come in the studio and we sat down we talked about because it was you know something taboo and something that i thought was very relevant that we needed to talk about okay when, um, when did you when was episode one by the way Episode one was late 20, and I'm stalling right now as I go to my iTunes, and, um, but it was, it was, it was, yeah, September, September 27th of 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah. So it was Mental Health in the Community. The second episode was a feature on Dennis Brown's album, Good Vibrations, which is an album with a lot of covers that I'll, every time I talk to people who say they love D Brown, nobody knows of Good Vibrations. I decided, you know what? I had the vinyl. Let me go ahead and do a a feature on that. And I did something like Sweet Jamaica versus Jamrock, kind of the contrast between Good Jamaica, Negative Jamaica, and as it correlates to the Sweet Jamaica music, the Welcome to Jamrock type of music. And then I had like, you know, a sexual abuse woman speaks out where I spoke to somebody who went through that. We did the whole retirement you know, with a, with, a, with a financial professional retirement, because my father was just about to retire. So everything that came to me that I had in my regular conversations, um, I tried to bring it to the, the, the public. What my viewpoint or my vantage point was kind of, let me just have these conversations that I generally have for my own benefit, and then I'll just have the world eavesdrop. That was kind of my, my intent. You know, we had Leela Ike was... Was this back in 2017 when she's just coming out? She's one of my early guests. Episode seven was Leela Ike. But wow. you know, a lot of stuff talking about charity, talking about sex trafficking. I had somebody who was a victim of sex trafficking now, an advocate for you know the rights of people that's been you know victimized there and sometimes vic- being re-victimized by the legal system, all kinds of stuff. So it didn't get to really be artist, artist until a little later down. Richard Daly from Third World and Hope and Lindo and, you know what I mean? I love talking to the legends, so mm-hmm. that's where I gravitated toward. But as it grew, people kept saying, hey, you need to do the visual, the video. And I said, no, because I was already dealing with editing the audio. Yeah. And in my mind, I was concerned about having to edit the video. And then now if it's off, then I have a Chinese movie, a karate movie where, you know what I mean, where, where, the, where, the, where, the, where, the, where the picture and the, and the, 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 the audio you know, sync up. And the, the, the lips look a little weird. So I was worried about all that. And then once I got a software that just pretty much compressed everything and gave me one output where even if I edited it, it was just chopping out a piece and everything is synced. Yeah. I was like, all right, let, let me go for that. And, and of course, artists, you know, they like the optics too. Right. I would get them on for the audio, but they seemed to be even more excited when we started doing the video. Right. I bring in local artists, particularly because I was trying to help the bands out here. And then, you know, it just grew, 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 grew until we're having the Marsha Griffiths, the Freddie McGregor's, the Protégés on there. You know what I mean? Bobby Digital, Spraga Benz, all the names that Sugar. Um, any name you can think about. That's some Barris is not here yet, but I'm working on getting Barris in the building. That's that's one of my that would be one of my dream interviews, too. But uh, Glenn Washington, Leroy Sibbles, uh, Paul Campbell from Shatters, Johnny Daly from Lime Tree Lane, um, a host of them things, you know what I mean? But the ones where really, and it's hard for me to choose too because I, I curate the show. 
and I put everything together. So honestly, I only talk to people who I'm, I don't want to say I'm a fan of, but I am a fan of. Mm-hmm. As well as people who I really want to, it's never going to be a situation where I just speak to somebody because it's going to get me some clicks. Yeah. Because it's work for me to sit on and have an hour. I don't do radio interviews, even though I'm on radio. Uh-huh. I don't do radio interviews where they're five minutes and 10 minutes focused on an album. So if, if I'm going to sit down with you for an hour and two hours, it's got to be something or somebody that I'm really, really interested in. But I guess if I'm going to say an episode that, uh, what did I geek out on? <laughs> Bobby Digital. Yeah. Bobby Digital was one of them interviews that, that was like 11 o'clock at night, fresh off the plane. He flew in and came to do an event for VP and he left the airport and came right here, 11 o'clock at night. And one of those that meant the most to me because I'm just such a huge Bobby Digital fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, I listened to that one, man. That was a great interview, man. And, and you're right, Thanks. you know, you really have the, it's not the your regular routine radio interviews, you know? Because I, I used to do internet radio for about five, six years. And I would go back now and I figure, you know what? I could use some of the interviews that we did back then for Reggae mm-hmm. Lover Podcast now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I go back mm-hmm. and I'm listening and I'm like, wait a minute. This <laughs> is not this is not it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, I know what yo, you mean. I was like, I yo, this, I can't even use this. You know what I mean? Like, I'd have to do that stuff all over again. You know? I mean, yeah. I had a, a chance to talk to you, Roy, um, wow. back then, you know? But even wow. then, you know, if I were to do it again, it would be a different level of quality. So, you know, just say that to mm. say that, that your interviews, you know, you're having some really deep, in-depth conversations very enjoyable it. you know i thoroughly enjoyed the marcia griffiths one i think you know obviously she's phenomenal i geeked out on that one Pe- people say the people who watched a couple of couple of my friends called me and be like yo you were cheesing throughout that whole interview you know what i mean but i love me some marcia how could you, <laughs> you know not <laughs> how could you not <laughs> <laughs> like I seriously marcia, but it's dope though it's it's a good I, I love being i love the opportunity to sit down and talk with these people because these are people who I've shaped my life in some way, shape, or form. These are people who, these are the posters. The way I, 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 I try to analyze it is, this is the poster on my wall that just stepped off and sat down in front of me and have a conversation with me. This is the <laughs> CD that got me through high school that stepped out of the CD player to sit down and have a conversation with me. So for that reason, you know, I, 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 the other thing too is this. When I was promoting music, I did interviews with some of the biggest mainstream, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them, a couple of mainstream radio stations, but then just DJs of all caliber, internet radio, mainstream radio, all over, probably hundreds and hundreds of interviews. And I can tell you the four interviews that were good. <laughs> wow. Because, because the radio, the thing with radio is, especially in this day and age, you have selectors who are on the radio right now. Yeah. You have these people that are not journalists. They didn't go to broadcast school. So two minutes into the interview, I have to start saying, okay, I have an agenda here. Let me just steer it the way I need it to go or else I'm going to spend five, 10 minutes here wasting my time. Yeah. So it's always for me, I said, you know what? I want to make sure that whenever an artist come on, they get the message out. Because in this day and age where music is so disposable and so easily accessible, you don't have to pay a cent for it if you don't want to. For somebody to get up and give you their $9.99 or their 99 cents, it's not about the music. It's about you. They're taking a piece of you. So I need to make sure that every time when, when I hang up that phone or I, or, or, or I shut the microphone off after that interview, the people should know who you are and are connected with you and know are willing to spend that money to buy that song from you versus just another song that they could go listen to on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's big, man. That's big. So when you Definitely. transitioned from, you know, how you started the podcast out to bringing on these big name artists, um, mm-hmm. was that a, a intentional conscious decision or what really um, resulted in that change? Somewhat, somewhat, because I still bring, I still bring the, 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 the smaller artists on, the local artists on, but I also had to sit down and um, figure out how I'm going to make the platform beneficial to the artists that are on the, on the come up because Barris doesn't need the homegrown podcast. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Marcia don't need homegrown with G. Cole, but there are names out there that do. Um, a, a perfect example, I had an artist, I had somebody say to me before, just to be transparent, um, 
I know G. Cole. Somebody introduced me to him. Say, hey, such, this is such and such. And the person said, yeah, man, I know G. Cole. It's like, he's bringing on the big names. He's not going to talk to me. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't even engage that. I don't know why he said that. But he kept going. So I said to him pretty much, have you seen the interview with, and I called a couple of names, like four or five names. He said he hadn't seen them. So I said, tell me the ones that you've seen. He said he saw Richie Stevens. He saw Mr. Vegas. And he saw, I said, oh, so you saw a couple of those big names. And he's like, yeah. So I said, how come you didn't see the other ones? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, that's exactly why I do what I do. Because you, the average person, will not just get up and give your all and your, 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 your attention to a podcast with a bunch of names you don't know. Right. So I have to bring on the names that you know and you recognize, get you into the program. And then once you're in and vested into it, then I can always bring the name that you don't know. And that's how we're going to do it. And that's how I do it to benefit the artist. So the concept of bringing the big name acts on is somewhat calculated because it benefits the, the, the artists that are not as established. Um, but don't get me wrong, it's fun for me too because these are artists that I'm fans of the work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. So that's kind of where it and how that came to be. And then the goal was always to, to, to get the podcast to a place where I wouldn't have to reach out to people. Not that I don't, I still do. But I wanted to get it to a place where they reached out to us. And now whenever artists are coming through town, they'll reach out to us or their people Mm-hmm. We'll reach out And that's where we wanted to get it But that gives me a leverage now Where if I have Shaggy on today Which I haven't had But if I have Shaggy on today And you saw it For the first time Then tomorrow If I bring on a name You've never heard of You'll be inclined to check it out Right You know what I mean? Yeah man Makes sense Makes sense You know the When you were describing that I thought of The way that You know Me as a selector Would play And introduce new music In a party mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you got to play some big songs that everybody yeah. knows and get the crowd really dancing. And then you mm-hmm. can sneak in one or two unknown. And then yep. you go back to two more popular. And then, you know, you yep. keep it go, keep the vibe up. And then you've earned the right to sneak in some new music again that they don't know. And, yep. um, and uh, yeah, so. <laughs> you got you to gotta do it that way because if you just roll in there playing names that nobody knows, they're going to they're, they're gonna walk out on you. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long yeah. night. And um, there goes your calendar just opened up. Like, boom. <laughs> opened up. You know what I mean? People are like, ah, he's free. He's definitely free after this. And, and especially me now transitioning this over to radio. Because I also had, I figured, you know what, with podcasts, people have to go download it, which to me is great because for somebody to go there and just download your work and listen to it, it means that they have an interest in it. But I figured, how do I get these people exposed to the world? So I had to, you know, I started out with internet radio. Somebody asked me to come on and I didn't want to do it. Then they said, yeah, just come try it. And I went and and, and I liked it. Mm -hmm. But it gives me an opportunity where my only requirement you can slash demand is that i'm only on for a certain amount of hours let me do me you know what i'm saying yeah i my show is not going to sound like the other show you're not going to hear the same things in it um it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to hear established acts but even from way back nine times out of ten my favorite songs on an album are not the singles you know what i'm saying there are certain songs that i may play that people may have never heard but it's from your favorite artist you know, because I, I tell them, I'm not, a, I'm not a DJ. I'm a podcaster. All I'm doing is sharing with you what's in my headphones. So if you send me some music and I wouldn't normally listen to it in my headphones by myself, you're probably not going to hear it on the show. Okay. But it gives me an opportunity to also sit down and give somebody a two-hour, you know, if you're dialed in, you get a two-hour thing. And radio stations, especially the, the, um, the terrestrial radio stations that I'm on, they were leery of that and worried about that. Because right now, especially with the... With, with program directors not necessarily being there, and you just have a man who run the station, uh-huh. sometimes they think that, oh, if there's not music playing and it's not a mix going on, nobody's dialed in. But if it's all about the mix and all about just music playing, then somebody could just go to Spotify and get a curated playlist. At least he has an option of what gets played. True. So I do it this way, and um, surprisingly enough, I do think that they expected it to fail, but... People started calling in the same, the very same day because they didn't have that on radio. Nobody was able to sit down and listen to a whole conversation, me talking to Marcia or me talking to a band that they saw 
at a, at, at a venue here in South Florida, but never had an opportunity to hear them speak. So now people dial in and it gets right now, it's streamed and simulcasted on about nine different stations right now. Okay. So, you know, we're getting there. So tell us how people how that can, works. Yeah, how people can listen and, you know, what the time okay. and days are and everything like that. All right. So I'm now on every day, which was not the intention. So on a Monday, um, I do Facebook Live. Okay. But everything that I do is recorded. So the audio is recorded, the video is recorded. And then and 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 disclaimer, not every interview makes it up to the podcast. So a lot of time I have to differentiate people. The podcast is not everything I do. If you hear me on radio, what you're hearing on radio is not necessarily going to make its way up to the podcast. But what I do on the podcast will sometimes make its way to radio. Right. So what I'll do now is on a, a Monday, I'm on Facebook Live. I do that. And, and it streams on Royal Zion Highness Radio, which is based in Amsterdam, but it's an internet radio. So especially when you have DJs from Japan, Costa Rica, Germany, and all those. So there's a fan base and a market for the station itself in all those areas. Yeah. My Tuesday night show goes on Flavor Nation, which is based here, but again, it's internet radio. It also goes on Vibes Urban, which is based in the UK. And then it goes on... Super Jams, which is the FM radio station in Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. That show on a Tuesday night is recorded. And then the Tuesday night show is then sent to a UK station, a Tallahassee station. It, it's, it, it adds up to be about nine different places. Okay. And then I then and I also play it on, um, on my WZPP, which is um, the FM station in Fort Lauderdale. I play it there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so every day, if, if I do an interview, which is a good one on a Tuesday, you're going to hear it on somewhere Tuesday, somewhere Wednesday, somewhere Thursday, somewhere Friday, somewhere Saturday in a okay. different market and a different audience. Got it. And so then um, you, spread it. And you just pick and choose what content makes it to the podcast. Yeah. The, to explain that is, OK, so if I have a conversation with you right now, right, uh-huh. it's going to be a it's going to be a, 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 a conversation where we're going deep and in-depth in some stuff like we're talking right now. I'll probably put this up on, well, I probably, I would put this up on a podcast. But if I'm, if I'm at radio and I'm playing a lot of music and an artist passed through and I get a five minutes or a 10 minutes or whatever the case may be, I'm not going to put that up on a podcast because then it's me being a DJ and putting that, and, and it's, it's, it's a music podcast with a couple of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Words in it or whatever. And also... If I bring somebody in, like I have another conversation coming up on mental health, I do play. A lot of that conversation is pretty heavy. So if I slide music in, so okay. if I'm talking to you about mental health, about sex trafficking, about whatever, um, the legal system, politics, immigration reform, I'm going to play some music in there to kind of break it up. And those conversations will definitely go up because, again, I'm not a DJ. I can't mix for nothing. If you want your mix, <laughs> don't check G call. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, so I don't expect anybody to stay tuned for five minutes hearing me mixing or trying to mix yeah. on, a, on, on a podcast. So I'm going to get a conversation because I can do that. How has reggae music changed your life? Reggae? <laughs> reggae music has been since going to Jack Rubilon as a kid. All the other music was just music that I liked and I, I would, you know, karaoke-wise, singing at a house and, you know what I mean, you have your little imagination that you're one-fifth of New Edition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bobby Brown, <laughs> but, of course. <laughs> but I, I was a, I'm a huge Bobby Brown fan, so I would be Bobby. <laughs> but when it comes to reggae, reggae is a feeling more than anything else. Reggae is the first thing that actually moved me. The first music that I spent my money on the first CD I ever bought was Till Shiloh. Wow. Right? With my, with my own money. And I also then bought Bounty Killer, my experience. Mm-hmm. And um, Garnet Silk, it's growing. And how I realized how personal this music was to me is I was in, I went to a military school for high school. Um, I was in boarding school. And um, I asked my father for a boombox CD player, and he gave that to me. He gave, along with the CD came, a John B, with, with the boombox came, a John B CD came, two Inner Circle CDs. And a, um, and, a, and, a, and a Kenny G. You can't borrow anything from me. Okay. But you can't borrow my garnet silk. You know what I mean? See. You can't borrow, you can't borrow money from me. You could take boarding school. You could come get some food. But you cannot lay hands 
on my garnet silk. You can't lay hands on my till Shiloh. You know what I mean? And as I, that's when I realized what the feeling of reggae was. Because whenever I started writing music for myself, songs that I wanted to perform, mm-hmm. I always was singing reggae. I articulated and sounded, you know, I'm not a DJ, so, you know, I'm coming across a certain way, but I never envisioned myself writing a song or singing a song on a non-reggae rhythm. So that's when I kind of realized that, okay, you know what, this reggae thing is eating on my blood and I can't get rid of it. Okay. I was also inspired by a lot of these bands because I grew up in Ocho Race. I grew up, my mom managed a hotel, so I was at the hotel and I saw many of the greats come through from Richie Stevens to Third World to, you know what I mean, AJ Brown and all them. Mm-hmm. And those are more so what moved me. I loved music in general, but moved me was reggae music. And that's when I realized, you know, something, there's, there's something special about this thing. Yeah? Would you say that you're more reggae or dancehall? Reggae. Reggae. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I, I love dancehall music, but like I was saying to somebody on the show the other day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a product of 90s dancehall, right? Yeah. I have a queer shirt that's a bad like 90s dancehall. To me, there's nothing in the world like 90s dancehall, 90s hip hop. All right? Yep. I agree. Same, same, same here. <laughs> Anybody can argue it. I'm not going to argue, but I, 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 you know, I digress. But the thing is, if you think of many of your favorite dancehall songs from the late 80s to the 90s, mm-hmm. if those songs were created today, they would be considered reggae. A lot of them. They were considered dancehall because it's dancehall artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there are quite a few dancehall songs that when you hear the rhythm right now, the blows on skirt. If this was if this come out in 2017, it would be up on the reggae. So as well as I am a message person. It's very, anytime you're singing songs, be it, R, be it R&B, be it country, be it reggae music, it's very, very harsh to sing anything negative. You know, I'm a big R. Kelly fan of the music, mm-hmm. but there are certain things that he would sing that's like hard to listen to because he's singing it out melodiously. And it's hard to sing about shooting somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even some Dexter Dapp song that I hear right about now, them bad enough. But it's like a little cringeworthy because of the fact that it's singing it. If he was DJing it over a dancehall beat, then we had different things. So I, I love message, and I find more message comes to me from reggae than does dancehall. Dancehall is, dancehall is, 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 is and music serves a purpose. It's more for entertainment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's not message in there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're going to have to search for that. Whereas reggae music automatically, sometimes people screw it up, but it automatically is packed with, with that message. See. Okay, okay. I, I wasn't sure which, which direction you were going to go with that question. Um, <laughs> because, like, you know, to me, if somebody asked me reggae or dancehall, I would mm-hmm. say uh, the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, really, to like, but to answer the question, you know, that like dancehall is, to me, dancehall is a place and, right. and a culture. And, you know what I mean? Like, there's one, mu- there's one music and the one music is reggae. You know what I mean? Well, I agree. And personally, that's my approach. That's something I also speak on a lot. I grew up, I grew up in a time where dancehall was a place. Yes. Dancehall was the place where you went to hear the music that you couldn't hear on the radio, right? Um, because radio is politicized and is controlled and, and, and what they want you to hear is what you're going to hear. So certain messages you have to go to dancehall to get. But if we're calling a spade a spade, evolution has taken its course. And there is a genre up on iTunes called dancehall. So we have to acknowledge it. Right. You know, I, I was talking to Davil. Who's considered a lover's rock artist? I was talking to Beris, who is considered a lover's rock artist. Alton Ellis is considered a lover's rock artist. But if you do the research, there really is no genre called lover's rock. You know what I'm saying? There, there's no genre anywhere called lover's rock. Lover's rock is derived from the content, the type of things that they're singing about. But when it comes to dance and when it comes to reggae, I would, I, 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 I don't even mind them being separated. Uh huh. Because I feel like if they were all lumped together, then dancehall would be absorbing some of that bad rap. I mean, reggae would be absorbing some of that bad rap that dancehall happens to get. So I don't mind them being separated. Me, a culturalist and a a student of the music itself, I know that reggae is the forefather. And you can't say reggae. If we want to dig deeper on the reggae, it wasn't the first one. But reggae is really the umbrella. Mm -hmm. You have dancehall, you have reggae music. But truthfully... We have gotten to the place where dancehall is its own subgenre more so than a genre. But yeah. truthfully, 
you know, there's some bad connotation that comes along with dancehall music that I don't mind not being shared by reggae music. I think you made good points. You know, I'm not going to bother harp on it because <laughs> you already know we could spend like two full shows <laughs> yep. just talking about yep. that one thing. <laughs> yep. I'm sure you've so had true. episodes like that on your um, podcast before. Too many. Too many. <laughs> Too many. It's very polarizing. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> man. And a, and a unity, we say. So That's it. On that vein, so I don't know if you saw the post made on Instagram by Tanya mm -hmm. Stevens this week. <laughs> I sure did. She made, I think there was about three of them, but I think it was the first one where she, she got on her pedestal. I guess she was chastising artists, mm -hmm. many of the veteran artists in the business. And mm -hmm. saying that they need to stop criticizing the young artists. Generally, you know, the thesis, the 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 theme of of what she was saying to me was that there's still good music being made today by mm -hmm. many of the young artists, and also the lyricism, in her opinion, is better now than it was before. And she was just, you know, telling people to leave the leave the youths alone. And, you know, if you don't like what they're doing, then you're old. And, you know what I'm saying? You need to kind of <laughs> let, let them do their thing. <laughs> so there's been this thing, G. Cole, where a lot of people are just like, man, the music today is trash. And I don't know if it's because of my age that it seems louder to me now or maybe it's social <laughs> media. But mm -hmm. it's just like everybody's like, yeah, you know, this artist is terrible and this music sucks and, you know. Give me mm. back the old thing and, you know, like what, what what's mm -hmm. your take on that? <laughs> There's a time and a place and a market for everything. We all, that, that's something you can't get away from. When, 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 when I was growing up and listening to the music I like, my parents thought it was trash. I'm sure when they were listening to whatever they were listening to, their parents thought it was trash. I look at music as this. Not even every music is derogatory. Now, some things are age appropriate and not age appropriate, right? Okay. It's like alcohol. Alcohol... It, it's really a bad thing, but truthfully, it's just an age thing. Kids are not supposed to be consuming alcohol because it's not age appropriate. Right. Certain things that are on TV are not age appropriate, so you have to do that. But when it comes to, I, I consume a lot of music. My phone right now is 360 gigs, right? When I bought the phone, I thought I, I would never fill it up. The phone, sometimes I got to delete stuff right now to make space. Why? Because there's so much music on the phone. Mm. But here's the thing. You see, all that negative music that people are talking about, you can't find one on my phone. See. So that what I'm getting at is there's a whole bunch of good music out there, and there are options. If you don't like it, leave it be. The other day, somebody, I'll be honest with you, I can only name off the top of my head without thinking too hard, maybe two cartel songs. Mm. I hear them talk about six and the alkalines and the this and the that. I probably can only name you maybe two or three from each one. And they're not the ones that a lot of people are. So, you know, if, if it's not interest me, I just don't listen. Now, what I agree with with Tanya, I don't like when people chastise. You as an OG, you can, you can influence, you can advise, but to chastise, as I hear a lot of people do right now, I think it is bad. I think it is wrong. No matter what, if you try to go at your kid and you want them to learn something, you can, if you say it in a calm manner with an arm around your shoulder, they'll, they'll soak it in. But if you yell at them with a belt in your hand, it's not respect, it's fear. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I don't want you to fear me. I want you to respect what I'm saying. Um, and truth be told, a lot of and I'm just going to throw numbers out there. You have some 50-year-olds right now that are condemning a 20-year-old for doing the same thing that he did when he was 20 years old. You can't do that. Call that a because hypocrite. Because that's, that's hypocrisy in its biggest form. You were, it's like you were, when you were 20, you were saying all kinds of things. You've evolved. You've grown. So teach them from your evolution, but you have to also give them time to grow and evolve also. Now, the times have also changed. The content, the things that they're singing about right now, not everything existed when we were doing it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and also, a lot of times, there's transparency now. If night was to turn a day, if there are cameras around back in certain days, when man has, the things that would come to the forefront and the highlight, they would not be proud of either. So each one reach one. Teach a person, inspire a person, but the whole chastising on them, look at thing there, really, I, I, I totally disagree with it. I think it's unnecessary. And 
you have the option to listen to what you want to listen to. The thing that you must never forget also is this. In anything that you're putting out, there's a market for it. If there's no market for it, it will not be created. So while you're chastising the artist, take the moment to chastise the fans too. You know what I mean? Because Amen. the consumers, if, if, if there's no consumer for it, it's like when you talk about women, songs, when they talk about women, I hear songs where when I talk about female anatomy and the ladies, it sounds disrespectful for me and I cringe. But when I look at the footage or if I'm in the party, who are jump up to it? The women. The ladies. The ladies are doing it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's a situation where, you know, if it's not for you, it is not for you. It's not everything that is for me and you will never hear me play certain things. And you probably won't hear me have a conversation with the artist either because I can't use the platform to highlight something for the clickbait that I know deep within that I don't endorse. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Well said. You know, that's my stance on it as well. It's like, mm -hmm. as a consumer, you're in charge. Yep. You, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to buy nope. it. And as a matter of fact, whatever you think is the greatest thing, go buy that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you already own it, spend some time promoting it if you want. Mm -hmm. As opposed to bashing somebody else's thing. That, what you just said is very important because here's the thing. You see, when the good music comes out, there, there's, a, there's a stat that was drawn that said when something good happens to you, it has to happen to you 17 times for you to talk about it, right? Mm. But if something bad happens to you, once, one time. One time. So when it comes to the music, if you hear good music, you listen to it and you keep going. And you don't say a word to nobody and you don't share it, you know nothing about that. But if you get bad music, then you sit down all day, all week, all month talking about this bad music that you heard and how it sucks and this and that and that and that and that. When truth be told, you're highlighting your advertising for them. That's one. Yeah. And two, the people, even if you're not buying it, their fan base is buying it. And then quality artists are sitting down and saying, damn, that crap is is selling and people are buying it and the good music that we're hearing we're just listening to it when i buy it so when they look at the numbers this if you have a sales background it all comes back down to the numbers yeah you know what i mean yeah and then you're looking over here and saying the good music is not selling and the bad music is selling so as an artist if i'm really trying to feed my family what am i going to do i'm gonna hop over there right so the, the consumers and, and the audience the fan base bears a heavy weight and i don't like chastising the fans because it you know this is just something we don't do but at the end of the day i think some of our fans suck <laughs> just calling it what it is yeah man we want to empower you guys you know what i'm saying so <laughs> that's one of the reasons a khalil wanda and a g cole would sit down and talk like this you know absolutely absolutely um, and and you know i as a selector you know on, on my platform i do talk to a lot of uh, the djs as well and um mm -hmm. you know you guys we we have a big role to play in that as well because yes. nowadays it's more popular to follow and that mm. shouldn't be the case, you know, as a selector right. and a DJ, you know, you're a teacher um, yeah. or as an MC that holds the mic and actually introduces music. You know, you have a job to do. Um, mm. And I think a lot of people need to check the job description and figure out what needs to be going on and, and do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Stop looking for the cheap forward. The, and yeah. and it, it, it's, it's, I look at the music as segmented. You have the curators, the creators, you have the artists, you have the... um. Then the distributors, the marketing people, which radio falls under that, podcasters fall under that, you know what I mean? Selectors fall under that. And yeah. I think a lot of the ball gets dropped over there. We just got to do better. Selectors, radio, whatever. We just got to do better. That's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah, man. Everybody. Everybody's involved. We can all be a part of the solution. So let's just do that, you know? No doubt. No I doubt. just get upset. And this is just my personal thing that I noticed with Caribbean people. Mm -hmm. like how much complaining is a part of the culture <laughs> and just you know what i'm saying like the, yep. the easiest thing to do is go diss a man for doing something whether he's doing good or bad you know yeah. what i mean like it can't be a positive comment it's always like it's always finding yeah. something to cut down you know what i mean what people are doing and um, yeah. as opposed to if they are doing good you know cheer them on for real generally you know, support them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's so wrong with that? Bruh, I, 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 you couldn't be more right. You know, there are certain words I hate and certain words I, I, I don't endorse. So 
I used to hear artists, because right now, if you listen to half a million brand new dancehall songs, they're, they're talking about three things. My gun, take with somebody girl, or bad mind. All right? That's pretty much the topics of it all. And I've said before, I hate the word bad mind. It's like, and of course, in the, across this side of the fence, we say haters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But I've heard people with nothing to be hated on for talk about them haters because it was customary and culture to talk about haters. It's just, <laughs> you know, you're saying, yo, they're hating on me. Who's hating on you? And if they're hating on you, for what? Because there's nothing to hate on you for. I said the same thing about bad mind until I came on this side of the platform and I kind of experienced some of that thing that myself. And I, and, and I say that to say, if somebody's doing well, because I have no problem I've had people come in my studio and ask me how this works, how that works, how the equipment goes. You know, you suggest this. Can you, if you meet that artist, can you follow that artist? And I do it because I do something different from what you do. I'm a fan. I'm listening to what you do too. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with that. But the whole concept of, you know, I'm going to talk bad about what you do and, and, and nah, it, it, it just makes no sense. And we can't grow as a people, as a culture, as a music, if we do that. If me here, I do something, I'm going to dig it. And me and you are bridging, I'm annoying you. Why not reach out to you? I've done that before. Yo, the audio, um, the audio, you got to work on that audio because I do live performances from artists in my, on my podcast right. for the video version of it. But I have studio, a condenser microphone, studio microphone because I know I want, I want whatever is coming out on the other end to be a clear and great representation of that artist. Um, so I have to do what I got to do before they go up there. But I've had other people situations where people put stuff out and it didn't sound great. Mm-hmm. I could have sat back and not said anything. But I know how artists are. So I have to call them and be like, "Yo, be careful. Do this. Do that." Because artists will be one. Artists are sensitive. They'll 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 be upset. But two, you don't want to be the bad. You don't want to. If you're gonna put out a representation, it's got to be good. If it's not, just don't put it out. Period. You know what I mean? Because you also don't want the artist to not want to come back or another artist and, nah, I'm not going on that show because, yo, that stuff not so right. Right. So, but that's me saying, yo, uplift the thing versus just sitting back in the cut and be like, yeah, man, man, the thing sound like, right. Like I can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you could be like, you could go on and say, yo, you see so-and-so thing. Yo, it's whack, yo. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could start spreading that <laughs> rhetoric as well. <laughs> so now going to them and saying, you know, offering the constructive criticism, that is the right thing to do. You know what I'm you saying? Got it, so. man. You got it. And if you need me to help you with something, because sometimes it's not that difficult. It's just that I pay attention a little bit more to it because of the fact that I'm an artist too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where they might not. So anything at all, I'll be like, yo, use... Yeah, use that mixer, use this, use that, use, you know, and, and it may help. It's sometimes it's not a big thing, you know. Right. It's not a big thing. It's just not something that they're cognizant of because that's not their avenue of expertise. They don't focus on that a lot. Yeah. You know, somebody will go buy a microphone and they'll just go there and be like, all right, how much them two microphones? I want to cheaper and I'll buy that. Nah, player. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. You got to get the quality thing and make it work and um, represent your people well. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it goes both ways, you know? Um, I think that's what a lot of people are saying. Like, you know, the, the elders that have the knowledge need to mm-hmm. share the knowledge with the youths and disseminate this. And they don't, you know, truth, truthfully, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, a lot of, because I've seen it myself. Okay. Where people will complain and say, yo, the youth, them this and the youth, them that. Don't get me wrong. You do have some youths out there that they don't receive criticism well. And they're, I don't know how they were raised. They're a little bit different. So them kind of aggressive. And yes, there's some lack of respect sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... There are some artists out there, some elders that no matter what, they always get the respect. You know what I mean? Because yeah. of how they approach the thing. That's They're not right. bitter. A lot, of, a lot of veteran artists didn't take advantage of their thing, maybe because they didn't have the education, they didn't have the knowledge when they were at their heyday. Uh-huh. And what happened is they went to 30, 40 years and just not accomplishing certain things. And now you have a youth come out and three years he's accomplished. And when I say accomplished, I mean maybe financially. Way more than you have in your entire 40-year tenure. So mm-hmm. the bad mind thing or the vexation. But you can't be mad at the kid for making the best of his opportunity. Maybe the opportunity just never existed when you were doing it or you didn't know how. You didn't have the know-how. But guess what? I saw the tingle. All of the great ones right now, the Berrises, the Marcias, and so forth. One thing I see they all have in common. They have a tight relationship with the next generation yeah, of artists. Definitely. It's a must, you know man. I mean? it's, it's a must. Gotta. Yo, I appreciate the reasoning, man. Like, we didn't even have enough time, sure. it seems, and we're going to have to do it again. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Anytime. Definitely. 
So anytime. Homegrown with G. Cole. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. When I hear homegrown, you know, I'm thinking you're talking about the Sensimini. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. I think you got a couple black roses in the garden over there. So wow. How, how did you... <laughs> what's behind the name homegrown with G. Cole? Homegrown? Seriously. Wow. Well, two things. One, it was my goal to spend a lot of time trying to push... Because I hate the word local artist. Gentleman come from Germany, but he's an international artist. And when he's home, they don't refer him to as a local artist. So I, I, I had the term that I'm going to help the homegrown artist. But I started off the studio in my house. Okay. Because I, uh, I had a recording studio. And once I kind of laid back from recording music, I had the equipment. And that's when I, I went and I converted it into the podcast studio. But I was home. So it was just a play off of that being homegrown. But okay. believe me, everybody asked me the same question. <laughs> Never think say yo uh, Maybe that's why (laughs) Some of them get off the plane In Florida head straight here right Yeah Yeah, man Come get some of the homegrown Come get some of the Even my band The name of my band Is Raps and Kush Right So And and, and I don't smoke (laughs) Okay It is what it is Alright man Well I'm not gonna dig Too much into it You know what I mean I'll take it I'll take your answer (laughs) appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> so tell the listeners again how to uh follow you and um you know make sure that we don't miss any of the any other movements youtube is homegrown with g cole and please subscribe hit the notification bell so we can let you know when your favorite people are in the building um the podcast itself is everywhere itunes Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts it is there so just put in homegrown with g cole and um and homegrown is one word twitter instagram Facebook, it's at my G Cole. At my G Cole. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, go follow right now. This is one of the podcasts in my list when I am listening to podcasts, which I've become an addict. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Podcast is they're addictive. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, this is one of the people that I listen to. Very, very honored to have you here on Reggae Lover continue to do what you're doing it's very inspirational i know for myself and and many many other people probably more than you realize so big up on that thank you big up on the success you know what i mean keep doing what you're doing to push reggae music for real will do man and i appreciate you taking the time out to, to, to highlight with somebody else. it doesn't happen every day trust me so um it's a pleasure for me i check out the podcast too so and again it's good because i get to sit down and listen to you do what you do which is completely different from what i do yeah man. so i appreciate you i appreciate your platform keep doing what you do also regular lover podcast listeners thank you so much for tuning in once again thank you my guest g cole until next time y'all peace thank you so much for booking of Highlander Sound, 404-552-0492 or email reggaeloverpodcast at gmail.com. Visit Highlander Sound on the web at reggaelover.com. Follow at H-I-G-H-L-A-N-D-A on Twitter. Follow at K-A-H-L-I-L-W-O-N-D-A on Instagram. And like facebook.com slash Highlander Music for more information. So let's take a break to talk about one of our great sponsors. I tell you what, I was listening to an audio book about Bob Marley on Audible entitled So Much Things to Say. Mm-hmm. It's an oral history written and performed by Roger Stephens. He spent time down in Jamaica interviewing everybody, including Marley and everybody that was around him. So I'm talking Rita Marley, Skill Cole film crews that were down filming him, you know, all the members of the Whalers. He's having these conversations and these interviews that he also collected while he was doing the radio shows. He put all this information into a book. What's so great about it is it just immerses you into the experience, quoting Peter Bunny, the incidents happened with Bob getting shot, the concert when he brings the two political leaders on stage. And so you really get the excitement, the energy of what is going on. That book right there, I strongly recommend it to any reggae lover, anybody that's into Bob Marley, and we have a special deal. Go to Audible and get a free book, free trial of Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover, and there you can grab a free copy of this book. And the reason why I like Audible is because I like to learn new things 
but sometimes I don't have time to read a book. I don't have time to sit there and leaf through the pages because I got work to do. So I like to listen to books in the car, if I'm riding a bike, just taking a walk in the neighborhood. There's so many different ways that you can actually learn new information or be entertained. You know, me personally, I like nonfiction. I like biographical stuff. So Audible is a great tool to use in order to take in that information and still go along with your day. Audible, they have the best narrators. You know, you're able to keep where you're at in the book. It's a very convenient way to take in new information and be entertained. Visit audibletrial.com slash reggae lover. So much things to say. The title by Roger Steffens, Oral History of Bob Marley.